This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with Iowa State's faculty athletics representative, Tim Day. Tim is a professor at Iowa State. He's a liaison between the athletic department and the university itself. It's an interesting dynamic and one we think you'll enjoy learning about. I know I did. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Tim Day. Well, Tim, I think a lot of Cyclone fans probably have heard your name at some point, but maybe some of them aren't sure exactly what it is that you do. Tell us what the faculty athletics rep position entails and share with us kind of your journey on how you got to this position. Sure, John. All NCAA schools have a faculty athletics representative. It's codified within the NCAA rules. And that, that position looks different on different campuses. But some features that are common is they're supposed to have responsibility within areas like student-athlete wellness, within areas like academic integrity and academic achievement, academic excellence, and within areas like compliance. And so I am very technically appointed by the president. The president chooses a faculty athletics representative, the, the athletics director and athletics department do not. And my ultimate reporting line is to the president. And as you know, the, the paradigm in NCAA athletics is the buck stops with the president. And so the president has a lot of responsibility. But in fact, even though people think, wow, athletics has this huge budget. Well, athletics is about five to six percent of the university budget. And, and so the president has a lot of other things on her plate. And so part of my responsibility is just kind of be her hands and feet, her eyes and ears within athletics, and to maybe project her presence a little bit within athletics and be kind of that that liaison outside of athletics. It is uh, kind of a unique situation, though, for you, because you do directly answer to both Dr. Winnerstein and Jamie Pollard. Uh, tell us about that dynamic and, and having the opportunity to work for two great leaders whose leadership styles might not be exactly the same. Boy, dead on. They're both great leaders. I really enjoy working with or for both of them. And really, I work for both of them in a sense, but they always make me feel like I'm working with them. They're great leaders in that respect. I'm very fortunate in that I'm, I'm aware of other faculty athletics representatives who d there doesn't exist a great communication and a great synergy between the president and the athletics director. And here, man, they, they are really on the same page. They, like you said, their styles aren't exactly the same, but they communicate very well with each other. They uh, get along really well. They tend to see things the same way. And so for many faculty athletics representatives, they're, they're kind of having to be almost a communication bridge between the president and athletics director. Well, I don't have to do that at all because they communicate really well with each other. They work great together. You know, when Dr. Winterstein came in, she came elevated from a dean seat into the presidency. Well, sitting as a dean, you don't really see the sausage get made in athletics very much. So when she came in, she just said, I don't, I don't feel very strong in this area. But here's the deal. She, she, she humbly said that, yes. and she's really, really smart. And she has moved over, what, has been six years now, I think, that she's been president. And she has moved into a position of de facto leadership within the Big 12 Board of Directors. So she went from saying, I don't think I know this area very well, to being one of the larger voices in the room when the Big 12 presidents and chancellors get together. So she's wonderful to work for. And you recently finished your appointment on the NCAA Council. So tell me about that experience. What was all involved with that? 
Yeah, so the Division One Council was originated in 2015. The NCA kind of changes, probably going to change the structure again here next year. So they change the structure a lot. It's like I say at, at my church, if you don't like the elder structure, just wait. They'll change it in a year or so. You know, so so the same thing's kind of true of the NCA, and it's because you're managing in a dynamic environment, trying to figure out the best way to manage and make decisions. And the the Division One Council was the body responsible for day-to-day management of NCA activities in all 32 Division I conferences, Senate representative, and it could have been an athletics director, a senior women's administrator, or a faculty athletics representative. The Big 12 is the only conference that decided to send a faculty athletics representative as their representative to the council, and they chose me to do that. So I got to sit in the room and kind of watch the sausage get made. And, you know, I, I guess maybe I take some things personally because you see, well, the NCA is so stupid, they do. Well, mostly the NCA is us. It is really a membership-driven organization. It's hard because within Division One, 350-plus schools, some with $250 million budgets, some with $2.5 million budgets, and to try to make rule sets and govern it in a way that everyone feels like we're kind of, you know, doing this fairly. It's really difficult. And so there's just challenges to, to doing it. So when you look and say the NCA is doing something dumb, well, it's kind of us sometimes trying to get out of our own way and figure out a way to make things right in a way that makes sense for us, the larger schools with larger budgets, and the other schools within Division One. So it's been really good for me because I've been able to then meet some of the most influential leaders within college athletics and kind of sit in that room and, and represent the Big 12, which meant I had to constantly seek feedback from the other schools, compliance directors, faculty athletics reps, athletics directors, senior women's administrators. And so kind of got to see how other people think about some of this stuff and not just how Jamie or Wendy or Callie Sanders think, but really kind of how larger slice of the industry thinks about it. One of your roles, as you mentioned, to oversee compliance. What are the challenges in that, particularly given kind of the constantly shifting landscape that we have in college athletics? Yeah. Well, that's the right question, John, because here, you know, our, our coaches, we don't have any coaches who are trying to go in the wrong direction. We, everyone is aligned, pulling in the right direction. Put, I mean, they're all trying to win, but they all regard student-athlete welfare highly. They all regard following the rules highly. But boy, it is a rapidly shifting environment. So the challenge is often, you know, how do we keep everyone abreast of this rapidly changing rule set? Not how do we get people to buy into doing things right? It's how do we how do we get them to understand how how to do it right in the new set of rules? And our director of compliance is Adam Souls, who came to us. He was here before, went to Pittsburgh, and came back. And he's terrific. His whole staff up there is great. So mostly, I try to stay out of their way. Is how I manage compliance and just help them get their job done. But it, this again, John, you know, I'm a professor here. So if I stop being the faculty athletics representative, I'll go back to being a professor. Well, you know, if this job was really trying to cajole 14 coaches who didn't want to follow the rules into following the rules, I'd go, oh, man, I don't want to do that. That's no fun. But that's not it at all. Our coaches are great. They're all trying to do things the right way. Do we stub our toes sometimes? Sure, we do. But we always try to find it and turn it in and move forward. So that's actually one of the more satisfying parts of the job because our coaches all want to do it right. And we're just trying to help them do it right. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Let's talk specifically about name, image, and likeness in your eyes because you've got a much different perspective than most. 
what's the good, the bad, and the ugly of the NIL, and, and how grateful are you that it seems to me like, anyway, that Iowa State has a leadership team that is aligned on this issue, because I've seen a lot of examples out there of schools that don't appear to be aligned. So what's your view on NIL, good or bad, yeah. or ugly? Yeah, well, so, you know, in the NIL space, certainly, there is great new opportunities for student athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness, like they probably should have always been able to do. Right. So that's awesome. And we see plenty of examples of student athletes who are very marketable and due to their own marketability that, that they are responsible for. And it is their name, their image and their likeness. They're able to. Monetize. That's great. We also, I think, see what is really a proxy pay for play system that's happening in some in some schools. And that seems a little less palatable <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so that that's not as great um i'm not sure we can get that toothpaste back in the tube i don't know where this is all going i, I know there's an effort to kind of standardize some of this stuff across the across the nation through legislative action possibly in washington dc or through a new nca structure about it but who knows how that's going to go what i would say though to your reference is we are again super fortunate here the the collective that and collective is kind of boy it's got to be there now i think in the way things work and the we will collective which brent bloom is the face of that involves guys like ryan harklaw and jason Lush and steve bergeson and and more i just picked out a few names but we have been so fortunate because where that can get really weird is okay now i've got a donor who wants to give five hundred thousand dollars to get this player and then they're associated with this player and in that moment then that that donor under a model like that is starting to take some some kind of control has some and that's just the, the premise has to be we trust Matt Campbell, we trust Bill Fenley, we trust TJ Otzelberger, and we're trying to provide them the resources to manage. We're not giving them the money that they get to turn around. That's not the way the rules work. But in a sense, we have to be really careful not to undermine what they're trying to do and to keep their team culture. And then what Jamie Pollard's trying to do and, and what they're trying to do to raise funds into to build things like the, the Stark Performance Center. And so if everyone's pulling in there, just pulling on their own string, it can get kind of weird. And here, man, that just has not happened. It's been awesome the way Brent will call and say, how do you feel if we did this? And we go, that sounds great. Or sometimes we go, mm, that kind of intersects with. And so it's just always a conversation and we can always get to a mutual benefit. And so we are super fortunate to have Brent in that seat. For quality, comfortable, and authentic styles on Cyclone Game Days and Every Day, insist on authentic brand sportswear. The premium alternative gear of choice in the Midwest and across the nation. Choose authentic brand for your game day styles. You work directly with the Big 12 Conference, and that's obviously a changing landscape too. What are your thoughts on the direction of the Big 12 moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's new days. So um, I was fortunate enough to serve on the search committee that hired Bob Bowlesby. So I, I felt pretty attached to Bob. I think he's a wonderful person tons of integrity, knows so much about college sports. And now in comes Brett Yormark, who's kind of a different character, but he may be just what the doctor ordered for us. I think there are times when we get kind of stuck in our own patterns and ruts, and Brett Yormark's going to knock us out of those ruts. And, and there may be sometimes that that's uncomfortable. It puts us in places where that's probably not. But, but we also have to acknowledge that, that what probably is true about the Big 12 is we've actually been a better conference 
than people's perception of our conference. Well, Brett Yormark knows how to do that. He knows how to market the conference, and he's great at that stuff. And so, however we've tried to manage that in the past, it you could look in the rearview mirror and say, maybe we've spun our wheels a little bit there. Well, he's going to knock us out of that, and he's going to put us in new spaces. And so, even though there's things that sometimes they introduce, I go, wow, I don't like that. I, I just have to say, no, I'm just going to be supportive and try to help this stuff move forward. And he doesn't even have to bat a thousand for this to be good for us, right? There may be some things that don't work, but I think he could be just what the doctor ordered for us right now. Many of the Iowa State coaches, Tim, do a great job of recruiting internationally, but I can imagine that eligibility is not a simple thing to navigate. Tell me about that part of your job. How tricky can it get to make sure that you get eligibility for these great athletes coming from overseas? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It's really interesting space that we're in now. As you know, in, in golf and tennis and some other sports and now even wrestling, we're, we really have a lot of forays into the international space. And number one, that's great for the institution. We, we love international students at Iowa State. They are, you know, it's just part of, of, who, of who we want to be. We want to be as broadly based and, and represented as possible. You're right, there are times when admission, because the academic records and the academic cycles don't look exactly like ours do. Fortunately, we have an international student services office here that is terrific, that, that uh, Deb Vance runs, that's wonderful. But then, even in the qualification space, probably where the hiccup can occur, is in their English language proficiency. We have a standard for English language proficiency for admission to Iowa State. We have ways to appeal when you're a little bit below that standard. We have done that a number of times for student athletes where they've been, oh, they're a little bit below the standard, and then they come here and they just crush it as students. And part of that is those coaches setting a culture that says, you come here, but class number one, Christy Martins has a set of girls who come in, uh, student athletes who were a little bit below that standard, and they're graduating with, with 3.8 GPAs. So it created an opportunity that we all benefit from. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. One of my favorite nights, Tim, and I sat next to you at this uh, this spring was the Oscars, which is basically our night to recognize the off-the-field accomplishments of our student-athletes. And I'll listen to talk radio and I hear somebody say, oh, they're not really student-athletes. And Man, in my perspective, that just couldn't be further from the truth. How impressed are you with the accomplishments uh, that these young men and women come up with in the classroom and in the community because you're so closely tied to, to both those things? Yeah, I've been involved in higher education for now about 33 years, I guess. And if I made a list of the 10 most remarkable students that I have interacted with, probably nine of them would be student athletes, you know, kids who are just crushing it in the classroom while competing at a national and international level, managing their time, managing themselves, leading others. Yeah, when people say they're just athletes or not student athletes, you just haven't been around this stuff because you walk through the Stark Performance Center, the third floor there at 8.30 on a fall morning, and it's packed with student athletes studying, hitting the books, you know, and, and I can't, I won't probably mention individual GPAs or call individuals out, but there's just so many of our kids that have graduated, I say kids, I'm an old man, so I can say kids, <laughs> so many of our young people um, have graduated just phenomenal degrees. And, and we know that we, we promote 
We love for student athletes to excel as much as possible in their sport. We create all kinds of environment of that. We also want them to excel in the classroom. We know in the end, for out of our 450, 460 student athletes, you know, 450 of them are not going professionally. So they're they're going to the, the difference though that it makes for first generation students to get a college degree. That's a couple million dollar difference over the course of their lifetime, and and we don't want them to leave that money on the table. And there's success stories, John, too, of, of young people, first generation kids who get a degree and it might not be some sparkling 3.9 in aerospace engineering like some of our football players do but it might be a 2.6 degree in sociology and child services and they walk out to a great job doing something that puts value in, in their life and changes their address and their neighborhood and where their kids will go to school and who they marry and and those are great success stories too so tim you also work very closely with the iowa state coaches How much do you appreciate what seems to me anyway to be an overwhelming outlook, and I think Matt Campbell's a great example of this, that our coaches put the person above the player, because we've been kind of talking about this over the last 15 minutes, but the student-athlete experience is about so much more than just practicing and playing. Yeah, so so mostly, not to overstretch it, but you've got 18 to 22-year-olds coming in here and, and, and making transition in life that a lot of 18 to 22-year-olds do, kind of from being a, a, a kid to an adult, right, and, and being um, uh, more responsible for yourself and more, and, and the structure and the intentional thought that so many of our coaches put around that being a healthy transition and not just can you bench press more, but when you walk out of here, do you feel like you know, you benefited overall as a person. And we don't have a coach on our staff who doesn't think about that all the time. Do they want to win? Yes. (laughs) Do they want the kid to be the best athlete? Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Coach Campbell, Coach Otzelberger does the same thing with these young, and and they all do. We call those out because they're very visible coaches. But, you know, I watch Andrew Tank help young men become adults and and so they're it's happening in every one of our programs and and really you know that's the stuff that makes you go home at night I, hey it's fun when Tyrese Halliburton signs a 22 billion dollar contract or whatever because he's such a, a nice kid yeah or whatever it was you know it's it's a number larger than I can comprehend and that's awesome and that's great could literally could not happen to a better guy and those are great success stories and and Brees and all the all the athletes who are having success and and we just got a new Picture of Jordan Sokowitz up in the lobby. He was playing professional soccer. You know, great young people doing aspiration what they want to do. But as part of all of their stories is that transition to to being autonomous, being 22-year-old adult or 23, 24-year-old adult. What would you think could be done to help collegiate athletes right now just in their their journey uh, as student yeah, we talk about that a lot in Indianapolis right now. The kind of the the push that came from this transformation committee. There was a transformation committee kind of set up on the back of some of the lawsuits that that in the end there's a challenge of are you using that money to promote these young people like you should, or are you using it to line your pockets or build Taj Mahals or whatever? And so tons of thought has gone over that in the last year. And and we know that in the in a lot of these areas like medical care, educational support, mental health support. These are areas that we're all focusing more effort. You you know well Mark Coberly, who kind of oversees the the medical aspects of our of our student athlete experience. And you know if there's anyone harder working and more committed to what they do than Mark Coberly, I don't know him. And, and educated. I mean that guy knows the inside out of how to take care of our student athletes and how to manage their health. But but just kind of through that whole spectrum of making sure their health is number one. 
including their mental health, which is for two old guys like us, I don't know, that's kind of new space for us. We don't, we, that, and so we're not the ones who do that. We need to get the people in here who can and do. And, and you know, here at Iowa State, we've just hired our second licensed medical health professional to work within solely with our student athletes. And it's the same thing on campus. We, we struggle to provide the mental health support for our students on campus. So we're all working in those areas. And I think those are probably the critical areas for focus over the next couple of years. All right, lastly and most importantly, how's your golf game? Well, <laughs> sketchy at best is what I would say. But I only need to be one stroke better than the guy I'm golfing against every week. So uh, if I shoot 97 and he shoots 98, it was a good day. So it's fine. You're going to come out of the experience a better, a better person for it, right? That's what this is all about. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much for taking this much time. I really appreciate it. Great insight on kind of looking behind the curtain into what college athletics is really all about and it's uh it's great to hear your perspective appreciate it thank you john today's sidecast was brought to you by van wall equipment stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better work smarter and play harder when you run with van wall and john deere thanks for listening